Hello, Twitch universe, and welcome to the final panel for the Cloud Bar today. So my name is Sydney Gore, and I'm a journalist, writer, and editor based in New York City. I've been published at Billboard, The Fader, Vice, MTV, Vulture, the list goes on and on. But today I'll be moderating a really fun discussion on the art of self-care between special guests Catherine Frazier and Vic Mensa. And so we're going to be talking about everything from tips on maintaining creativity to building community and using technology in isolation. So Catherine is the founder and CEO of Biz3 Publicity, and she's worked in the music industry for more than 25 years, which is incredible. Uh, and she's also a mother, so big props for that. And an ICF certified life executive and relationship coach. So she's helping her clients with pretty much everything involved with achieving the best version of yourself um, and, you know, just living life to the fullest and really maintaining that emotional and physical well-being. And as a lot of you probably already know, Vic is a recording artist, an entrepreneur, and an activist from the South Side of Chicago. His music really speaks to like the multitude of sociopolitical and mental health issues that just continue to permeate in a lot of marginalized communities. And on top of that, he's also the founder of his own nonprofit organization, Save Money, Save Life. Um, so that's just a little spiel, but I'm sure if you guys Google them, you can get like the full rundown. But uh, before we really dive deep into this topic, the art of self-care, I would love if um, Catherine and Vic, you could just talk about your relationship with each other, uh, how it all began, and just, yeah, your journey together. I'll start. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah, you go. I'm, I'm lagged, but uh, so Catherine and I met in a way that we can't put our finger on, but have had... Um, similar circles and just had people very close to us um that have been connected for a long time and um you know when i finally did meet catherine i was uh working on uh an album called the autobiography i believe and you know catherine came in to help me with the pr and immediately from sitting down with her we were at a coffee shop in la somewhere feels like silver lake immediately from you know our first conversation really i went to talk about my pr strategy and she just gave me so much insight into my life you know like outside of music and just as a human being and it's really fitting that we would be talking about self-care right now because immediately those are the things that she just kind of dialed in on with me and had got me to thinking about and made me um you know think about self-care which was something that had never really occurred to me before meeting Catherine. i mean obviously mental health and my well-being was important to me but i don't think i was really acting like it you know and um mm -hmm. and so our, our relationship just so quickly took on a form of so much more than just uh, like a client, the music business industry relationship, you know, and it became so important to me because she really helped me to revolutionize the way that I thought about uh, a, a lot of aspects of just my personal life. 
just beautiful. Um, yeah, that really like, wow. <laughs> I, Vic, we were just talking before we got on here, we couldn't remember the exact moment. It could have been from Tokyo, could have been from Chance, who, who knows, but um, mm -hmm. I'm, I just realized I'm double your age. You are half my age. You're 25, right? I'm 26 now. Right? Okay. I'm 26 and I'm, I'm 50. And we sat down and we just dug into life, i.e. people call it wellness. It's, it's just, are, are you living, are you healthy? You know, are you taking care of your body and your brain and your spirit? And that does affect the way that you're gonna hold up in the music industry and it does affect the way that you're gonna have a relationship with someone. And the cool thing that came out of our relationship is like, you don't feel half my, we're, we're very good friends. I don't feel like a, a mentor or an elder, at least from my perspective, we're like good friends who share a lot, come from totally different worlds, different age. And that closeness, A, we've talked about ways to improve our lives, both of us, and it happens, but there's also just like you can do business and actually have something important come out of it versus like, oh, I call that lady my publicist, we get some stuff done, that's it. Right. Right. Lovely. All right. So I'm just going to dive right in, move to our first section of this talk. Uh, so personally speaking, like I've, I was really struggling with uh, adjusting to focusing on work, right? When quarantine began and like working full time, trying to figure out how do I work from home in this environment? where I'm used to being kind of comforted here and now having to work in this space, spending all my time there um, and just feeling really overwhelmed by like anxiety, a little bit of depression and just all the other adjustments that are coming from, you know, the pandemic. And so I was wondering like, how are you both maintaining productivity right now? Like what does that process kind of look like for you since you've also had to shift with everything going on? Yeah, I, I can answer that. Yeah, I can answer to that. Um, you know, initially coming into this pandemic and this shelter in place, self isolation culture shift, I saw it as an opportunity immediately. You know, I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to stop flying back and forth from Chicago and LA twice a week mm -hmm. in the name productivity, <laughs> you know? Um, this is an opportunity for me on, on a macro level to like sit and listen to myself, to sit and hear myself, hear myself think and to write, you know? Um, I've been working on a lot of music, some of which is coming out really soon and also working on, you know, writing a screenplay and like developing another story and just just writing. So I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. And then I hit the bed. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I haven't been outside of this bedroom in, you know, in a month and nothing's really happened. I've been trying for sure, but not too much has really happened. And um and that was that was frustrating for me. That was so frustrating for me too, because you know, I knew the opportunity that I wanted to have here, but 
I am somebody that has a lifelong um, struggle with depression. And oftentimes it'll take the form of like, of lethargy and just rumination in negative thoughts. And, you know, being inside for a month is definitely a place that can cultivate that type of internal environment. Um, and, you know, more, more recently, I was just lucky enough that, um, <clears throat> that I, I, that I found a way through it, you know, not even lucky, but just like found a way through it. And, you know, and really, um, work, working with my therapist, you know, kind of in dialed in on what helped me get through it. Cause I'm feeling in one of the best creative places that I've felt in years, but it didn't start like that in this whole thing as, although I wanted it to, you know, it really took, um, it took, it took a lot of dedication, even though people don't have the same movement that, that we've had in the past. It like, it really took for me, like determination and, and staying with my task and not giving into the, oh, well, nothing different is happening tomorrow. So I might as well fall back and go watch TV and then try again tomorrow. You know, that, that mind state didn't work out for me. I had to, for me to get through my own like creative and emotional block, I had to like, I had to really, I had to, I had to treat my tasks with sincerity and, and discipline, discipline. That's the one thing that I actually meant to say is that this whole thing, ain't gonna work out for a player if you ain't got discipline, you know? But if, 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 you can, if you can discipline yourself, you know, and have patience, like that's one thing that's been, that's been big to me over the last, you know, few months is patience and discipline. Because, you know, I've found that with, with patience, I, I can be in acknowledgement and understanding of the fact that not everything I want is going to materialize right now. But if I have patience and I can take note of that, yet maintain my discipline, which I didn't do when this all started and I was drinking a lot of whiskey alone, you know. Um, but once I remembered I needed to have patience and discipline, and I, I personally stopped drinking because it was too, I stopped doing everything. I just went sober because drinking and just being in the house and doing all that, it was like too distracting for me. So I found discipline and things started to work out for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a position where as a coach, I do a lot of sessions with people in the industry. And then also I'm just talking to people all day, you know, my artists. Mm -hmm. And there, there seems some pretty clear things that need to happen for everybody if you don't want to kind of go crazy sitting in the house and we're going on two months, uh, most of us, everybody. Um, routine you know most creators and artists don't typically have a bedtime it's like i stay up in the studio until my eyes are bleeding and it's daytime and then i sleep all day that's coming you know and if that's your thing that's cool but whatever it is you should try to, to set a time you go to bed and have a time you wake up and it would be helpful if there was an eight hour period that you were doing that and you know getting the sleep it sounds simple but like drink water are you eating like sometimes you when you get up out of bed and you literally get on a laptop and you don't leave your room and you don't really do anything else you could be like oh it's four o'clock i haven't even eaten anything except for like some 
goldfish that my kid had on the bed next to me that I've been eating. And like, you just sort of turn into this, it's like sitting when you're on, in a hotel working and you lose track of time and place. Um, getting dressed, putting on real clothes can help you to not feel like you're on this endless Christmas vacation where you then mm -hmm. start to feel like shit, like your real life. You know, so I, yeah. I think like just some of those boundaries, they sound so simple. Going outside, especially most of the people we're talking about, they're creating on a screen. You know, they're, they're looking right. at blue light all day. And then when they socialize, they're looking at blue light on a Zoom or FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. I've talked to people like, well, I don't have anywhere. I don't live, you know, like in LA where there's like a hike. It doesn't matter. Like put on a hat and a coat if it's cold or whatever and just walk. Walk for 30 minutes and then turn around and walk back for 30 minutes. And it can be hard to do it. And then once you're out there, you're like, I'm so glad I did this. So you, you have to create these things or else you do start to live in a little weird time warp in your house. And that is when depression and anxiety can set in. And I think limiting how much you look at social media is pretty important because right now I think more people are looking at it than ever. And it can really do your head in. Compare and despair will do you in um, if you're looking at it for too long before bedtime, especially with creators. Um, making all this music, so-and-so put this song out. Look at all the, you know, look how many plays it got. Look how many likes it got. I haven't done, you know, you start, having that thing go off in your head and then that can affect your mental state and then which then affects you getting up and creating the next day. I mean, Vic, you're the creator, so, you know if any of this is true or not true. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so real. I mean, like, it's, it's funny how what happens the night before, you know, will really impact like your next morning and just like mm -hmm. how how able you are to really roll right into it like for myself i find that um you know when when i maintain my meditation practice which is mm -hmm. pretty much every night like that's one thing that this whole thing has done for me is that it's given me more consistency in my um and my TM, which is something that Catherine actually introduced me to about three years ago, Transcendental Meditation. I just mm -hmm. did a check-in with the guy that, you know, she re referred me to yesterday. Uh, so I've been kind of strengthening that practice for sure. And mm -hmm. that that helps me. Like when I, when I meditate at night and I get my 20 minutes and then I meditate in the morning when I wake up and I get my 20 minutes before I touch the phone, like, then I'm I'm ready to move, you know what I'm saying? But if if at night I'm focused more on T V or you know, some something on social media, then it's gonna be more difficult for me to get into it. And um, you know, there is a quote that I that I wanna share that has been doing well for me, you know, in creative pursuits and making music on. I've been studying some stoic theory, um, like stoic philosophers from ancient Greece, like Marcus Aurelius. Um, and he had he had a brilliant quote that um, I think artists should think about, uh, which is something to the effect of, I have yet to meet a man or woman who does not love themselves more than all others. Yet, we all seem to hold in higher regard the opinions of others than ourselves. 
you know? Mm. And that's something that I think about when I'm, when I'm like doing the compare and despair thing where I'm thinking about, you know, changing my creative plan because of what somebody else mm. said to me. I'm like, why are you allowing these other people's opinions in their lives to really dictate yours, you know? Yeah. That kind of ties into, oh, go ahead, Catherine, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just like, I love, this is why I love Vic, because he reads Marcus Aurelius. I, I'd like to, the other, <laughs> how many other rappers are doing that? So true. Um, that kind of ties into uh, my next question, which was going to be like, what resources do you guys find yourselves turning to, um, you know, that really support healthier habits and more mindful practices and approaches? Well, for me, um, and I actually kind of listened, I did a talk with SoundCloud recently and I actually wrote them out and put them up. The things that I use are what Vic just mentioned, the transcendental meditation, which is your force field throughout the day. If you do that, your day will go differently than if you don't. And I know Vic, you, you practice it, you know the days you do and the days you don't. Things aren't as prickly, things don't, you're not as reactionary. You have a different response. So that's one. I firmly believe in a tool for presence, meaning when you are feeling, having anxious thoughts come up where you are going into some sadness or you have someone coming at you in a way that's not feeling good or you're just triggered by something or someone didn't text you back you're jealous of something whatever is going to start to turn that movie on in your head of self-doubt and it's always linked to the past or to the future it's never in the present you're either worried about what's going to happen or you're dwelling on something that already did and that can take up somebody's whole day and that can put you into some weird thoughts or it keeps you procrastinating or reacting um the tool for presence is super simple i'm super into eckhart tolle power of now you witness the emotion i say my name out loud catherine you're scared catherine you're insecure and then you immediately use your eyes ears and nose to just get present i can feel a fan blowing on my face my neck feels tight dog just ran by the window i have an itch on my shoulder when you do that your brain can't obsess and stress you out and be present at the same time. It can't multitask like that, it doesn't work that way. So that to me, that's the most important tool for all humans ever. Like that's it, that's the tool. That's the most important mm -hmm. one. And then drink a bunch of water. Your pee should be clear like water. It should not look yellow. So keep drinking water until you look the toilet and it looks like you didn't go. And make sure you don't eat a bunch of garbage so that your brain can work. And move your body those are those are the tools and the four agreements I, I i used them twice yesterday because you know i think everyone should just go out and buy that book you know and especially we get caught up on don't assume well i didn't hear back from them so that must mean they don't like what i sent them don't assume you don't know what's happening in someone's life be impeccable with your word our words are so powerful we can make someone feel amazing and we can make someone feel like shit within moments yeah. Sorry, are we allowed to swear? So they didn't you know, say we couldn't. Yeah. Well, fuck that. What about you, Vic? Um, man, I just was low key wanting to take a note on the things that you were just talking about because I, I really could use a, a check in on some of those things. Like, 
you introduced me to quite a few of them actually. I need to check back in, read the four agreements again. A friend of mine recently sent me, um, I love the power of now, but I don't even remember that tool. So I need to check in on that. And a friend just sent me Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, like at the top of this team. Yeah. Uh, so and I didn't, do you recommend that one? Oh yeah, I, I, everything of him. I, 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 side note, if, if even if you have read The Power of Now, you should reread it again. I've read it multiple times over the last 20 years, every time I get something right. different. And I highly recommend the audiobook because it's him and he has this awesome, strange accent and he's just so charming and weird and great that the audiobook of him reading his own stuff, I, I can't recommend it enough. I love that. Yeah, I, I need to ch I need to check in on that. I mean, I would say that um, that you know s goes into my resources in in this time really have uh, largely been literary, like just mm -hmm. um, the books that I've been reading. Um, <clears throat> I read a book recently called uh, "It Takes What It Takes." I think I found it on like. Medium article, you know, all medium articles are about like yeah. self improvement, especially when you start clicking those ones. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you just get more. Um, but I like this book. It takes what it takes um, because it speaks about neutral thinking, um, which is very similar to like the the Stoic philosophy, and you know, contains elements of positive thinking, like The Power of Positive Thinking is, is a, a book that I spent a lot of time with, like in the last, maybe like last year. But sometimes positive thinking, you know, in like negative situations is pretty difficult, you know. But this book talks about neutral thinking and mm. talks about it not um, being as important how you feel as it is what you do. You know, oh, somebody just told us we can't swear. Um, but um, okay. yeah, you know, think tell us more. About, I'm curious about the neutral thinking. Yes. Yeah. So neutral thinking is, you know, basically just like assessing, assessing your situation and, you know, without having to try to convince yourself to feel good about it, like in the power of positive thinking, you know, there are all these, um, there, are, there are so many tools that, that um, the man, I can't remember his name right now, that, that the author teaches you to, you know, try and lean on faith and lean on religion and these different things to, to shift your thought process to being positive when you're feeling negative. Neutral thinking speaks more about pushing through and taking committed action as opposed to trying to convince yourself that you feel good and erase your negative thoughts. Neutral thinking says that you can feel how you feel, but what's important is what you do in this moment, which is mm -hmm. something, and, and that you can act your way into feeling better, which is something that I find to be so powerful for myself because I know that so many times having a mind that is like predisposed to negative thoughts, you know, and I have dealt with that since I was a child, 
there'll be a lot of times when I'll be like, well, I'm not doing X, Y, Z that I want to do because I don't feel up to it right now. So I'm going to try to just get my feelings right. I'm going to try to feel right. And then I'll go do these things because I'll feel better. But that leaves me laying in my bed, you know, for a couple of days on end, like, oh man, I still don't feel better, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Whereas if I try to think neutrally and, and think that and focus on my actions, I can literally act my way into feeling better because I've done the things that are important to me that are in alignment with my values. If my values are, um, you know, my values are truth and my values are hard work and vulnerability and dedication, you know, and mm -hmm. I and I stand by those values and I act out those values and take committed action, then inevitably, after some time of doing that, I'm going to feel better. But if I just think about how bad I feel and wait to do anything until I feel good, I won't feel better. Um, yeah, so that, that was There's one thing I was thinking. Is that, is that pretty much like, like a fake it till you make it approach? You said fake it till you make it? Yeah, because well, I, I, I feel like you push through something. Fake it till you make it doesn't mean ignore the feeling. It's like you register the feeling just like when I was talking about, like if we're well, merging our tech here, like you acknowledge like, Catherine, you're scared. Catherine, you're insecure right now. Whatever it is, the emotion. And then a lot of times you have to do the counter action. A lot of recovery programs have this. Do what feels uncomfortable. You want to stay in bed all day and the, the idea of putting some clothes on and going outside feels like the worst thing ever. Lean into that. Feel mm -hmm. terrible. Make it till you make it. You know, exactly. like, that research where if you smile for a certain amount of time, you will start to feel happy, even though you are faking a smile. The same way, you know, there's research where you can stare at someone and say scripted amorous things to them. And if you do it for a long enough period of time, like it's over, it's like 47 minutes, you will feel a feeling of love for that person. We trick our brains to things like that. So it's, and, there's a lot of that in this. And yeah, you know, I think another absolutely. Thing, another thing that makes me think about is, um, is for me being conscious of the things that I say, the things that I spend time talking about or even thinking about. Um, as simple as when I'm walking down the street, just like avoiding and not even avoiding, but consciously deciding not to like think negative things about people, not to make you know judgments about the person walking down the street next to me or even with my homies because i'm uh like quarantined with some of my guys right now pretty early on i had to be like yo we got to put a five minute limit on these conversations that we're having when we're sitting here and we're just like talking about you know all the girls that we've been into since high school or that we're into now and it's all really shallow and there's like nothing much to it i'm like this got to be a five minute thing then i've realized that, you know being that we're in chicago and it's a big part of our culture i've i realized that we're spending a lot of time talking about murder you know we're talking we're spending a lot of time talking about 
what's going on in the streets, like who's locked up, who killed who, and who's got beef with who. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> five minute limit on that. You know, <laughs> we need a five minute limit on that. And even for myself, I stopped reading the news at the top of this whole thing. And I'm a news junkie. So like, that's different. I used to spend hours a day on CNN, you know, but I personally, for my own mental health, I, I had to chill because it's all the same and it's fear, like, and I don't want those emotions. Well, something yeah. you said important, or sorry, you know, there's a delay. So if I keep interrupting you, I'm not like a crazy interrupter. I, I feel like no, there's a delay, like delay. every time. Every time you um, start to talk, I I seem to be interrupting you. So putting that out there. Um, but I I was just gonna say. Um, now I forgot what I was gonna say. What was the last thing you said? Oh, the five limit. Those are boundaries. Everything you just mentioned, yeah. whether it's like or not talking about gossip, basically, or you know stuff. Right. It's all boundaries and. It's super simple to come up with what your boundaries are. It's just pay attention to what ends up making you feel kind of bad or weird. Right. Right. Yeah, the boundaries are so important. Like, you know, Catherine, um, Catherine actually was just one of the first people that introduced like functional boundaries to me, you know? thinking about drinking, for instance. Um, I remember there was a point in time when Catherine was like, well, you know, I've, I've made this boundary for myself with drinking and that I can have like one cocktail, no shots. You know what I mean? I can have like one cocktail or two cocktails or something if I'm chilling on a, like a regular day or like in a like two or three cocktail max at a party, like a social setting, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's some shit that all, or something that always stuck with me because I've always been like a drink the gin until the bottle is empty type of person, you know? And especially in social situations too, like I have so much social anxiety that, um, you know, people don't, maybe always understand or associate me with anxiety, but it's so real for me that like, I'll just get wasted in public. And because I, I literally drink with no chaser, drink out the bottle. And in this thing, like I said, I've had to just, I've had to think about like those boundaries that, you know, that like that Catherine kind of put me on and decided that right now I'm just not gonna drink at all, you know, because, I need that for myself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, uh, going into quarantine, celebrated one year of not drinking at all. So I've been a whole year sober. Um, and I've actually found that it's... Go ahead. <laughs> um, but I think it's actually helped me a lot with not having a distraction like that. And as you guys were talking about being present, um, setting boundaries, it was just really making me think a lot about the fact that I feel like right now a lot of people are struggling with being present because they just don't, they're overwhelmed, you know, by this circumstance that we're all in. And they are scared um, and they are kind of turning to distractions 
um, as a way to cope. You know, we're all coping. We're all trying to adjust to this new normal. Um, so kind of like going off of that, I was wondering, like, you guys obviously have some things in place for yourselves. You're very disciplined. Um, I'd like to think that I'm disciplined on my good days. But what would you advise for someone to do if they notice they have a friend or a loved one who is struggling right now and maybe isn't the most disciplined person um, and doesn't really have these resources that like you guys are turning to? Like, how do you help somebody else um, when you're seeing that, you know? That's, that's a great thing to bring up. And also congratulations on Thank you. your year. That's cool. Um, I, I actually do lectures a lot and, I, and what, part of my lecture is always, you don't have to be a mental health professional or a certified coach or a recovery. You don't have to be anyone in any official capacity to help someone and change their life. So I'm always encouraging people, all you have to do is notice that someone is struggling and have the bravery to bring it up because sometimes that can feel really hard. You don't know if someone's gonna react you know with some defense even if they do what they're, they're gonna get mad at you for having concern okay you know um and i think the best thing you can do is share resources so if someone is struggling take a second to either look up it can be as simple as like some instagrams or youtubes that you looked up and thought were pretty helpful that might help you can look up whatever somebody has they're anxious you know they're feeling anxious or they're depression or there's like too much drinking you will get a flood of things that you can share and i also you know have a bunch of resources that i put up on my site for people um especially for what's happening right now these are all like here's the 12 things that i do every day or on a weekly daily basis to keep my head above water and i've gone through all kinds of you know stuff like anybody else um and I just think it works. So I, I, but I think people should just speak up, have the be, be courageous and say something. Hey, it looks like you're having a hard time. Do you want to talk about it? I have some of these things. Have you ever watched this? Have you checked this site out? I know they're doing like really cheap therapy on Zoom for blank. You know, like just sort of pass a resource over. You could change someone's life with the simplest. Hey, I just bought you a copy of the Four Agreements. It's going to show up at your house. I just got you the audiobook of. Mm -hmm. I can't totally, I swear to God, this stuff works. Like, try it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the same angle I'm on, actually. You know, like, one of my good friends, um, talked to him the other day, and he's definitely been struggling. And he was just talking about, you know, talking about killing himself a lot, joking about it, you know, and, I used to joke with him in that way a lot too and kind of play those games with him. But I don't even, um, I don't allow myself to entertain those types of um, conversations personally anymore. Um, but you know, it's my, it's my dog. So I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna hang up on him. Um, but you know, it really, it really made me start thinking about start thinking about him and so i'm like what's your address you know and so i sent him um those books that i was talking about today you know i sent him the like the stoic theory book because i know he's kind of like a 
Reddit geek, and maybe that will connect with him. And I sent him that other book that talks about neutral thinking and just things that have been helping me in this time. And I think that that's something that's definitely one of the one of the best things you could do for someone right now is encourage them to um, lean into developing their own uh, thought processes to like have strength in this trying time, you know, because there's only so much that you can, you can tell a person they, they really have to have to dedicate themselves to it. And I think just like Catherine said, you know, taking time and reading some of those books, like um, the, the power of now and the four agreements, um, those things get your wheels turning, you know? Yeah. You plant a seed, you know, you, you plant a exactly. seed of thought. When you and I first met, you know, I could have told you the things I told you and you could have walked away and been like, yeah, whatever. And that would be it. And instead you, you paid attention to them, started to do it. And then once you start to do that, you start, when, when people feel the benefits of doing this stuff, they start to seek out more and more and more. And then pretty soon, you know, hopefully they're running with it. Another exactly. thing to add to Sydney, oh, sorry, um, was um, what you can do when someone needs some help. Another thing I think that's super powerful is honestly, if you just are vulnerable yourself, like if, if you can, you can see someone's having a hard time and you share your hard time with them, either current hard time or a past hard time where you do like Vic just did with us. Vic just was vulnerable on this Zoom or whatever we're on, um, <laughs> which is like, I can't get out of bed. I spent in bed. You know, when you have those moments, um, that will open someone up. That's why like recovery rooms and like 12 step sharing and all that stuff works for people. Because you could have something that you've never talked about in your whole life. And as soon as you hear other human beings saying it out loud, you then feel safe enough to like check it out, feel it, speak it. And mm -hmm. just that alone, a phone call where you're like, man, I remember one time where I was, I stayed in bed before, you know, whatever it is you want to speak to where they can go. Okay. So that I would encourage people to do that. Call, call someone and be vulnerable yourself. Mm -hmm. I completely support that as well. When I so I'm currently sheltering with my parents uh, in New Jersey, and the first couple of weeks, you know, it was great. I was so excited to go outside to actually like be able to touch grass and not be near as many people. And then the suburban, I don't know, the triggers started settling in, you know. And I was remembering what it was like to be in high school and also having lost my job because of the pandemic, starting to get a little bit down about that. Um, and then, you know, a lot of my friends, when they would be texting me, they're all asking me how I'm doing. My family's calling me, like asking how everything's going. I just got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm not feeling great. Like my depression is starting to kick in and I'm tired of just having to tell people I'm fine. So I just started more and more just being like, yeah, you know, I'm depressed, but I'm working through it. Like I got up today, I put on real pants. I didn't just lay in my pajamas, um, and just keeping it moving. And I think that you know, a lot of people don't always react in the way that you want them to, but I think that transparency in these situations always goes a long way. Um, and I'd rather be honest. And I can say like this week, I'm doing great. I'm so like stoked to be on this call with you guys. Um, 
But yeah, I think that everyone right now could just use a little bit of empathy to move through this. Yeah, I think that's powerful, you know. Um, and that's something that I've definitely thought about a lot is how do you respond to the how are you doing question, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel good that I'm actually feeling great, you know, that I'm in a good place right now. But oftentimes I've been in that same spot, you know, where oh, well, I just got arrested, I'm all on the news, and I'm going through this beef publicly, and I haven't put out any music, and people think I'm in jail. <laughs> and I'm also actually really depressed. So, and I, so, But I got people asking me, are you okay? 20 times, you know, 20, 30 times a day. And, you know, at first I just was always like, yeah, I'm great, you know, I'm, uh-huh, I'm doing, and then, you know, I was talking to my therapist and he was like, you should try telling people how you're actually doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I found some freedom in that, you know, Um, and just like in in being honest with people, obviously, you know, you're not going to tell everybody that that you talk to the intricacies of your life because maybe your relationship is. But I do think that um, especially in this moment, there's a lot to be said for you know, what both of you have said and vulnerability and like honesty and, and empathy going both ways. And another thing that's occurred to me is um, it's like good for people at this time, or at least I know it's good for me, is uh, being of service, you know, um, sounds simple, but it's like, man, it's like the, the greatest calling of man or woman, you know, is to be a servant. And I, I had a thought the other day to be in the business of doing unreturned favors, you know? And this is this is just a, a time for that, you know? If you got an opportunity to go and like give out supplies or make donations and just mm-hmm. whatever you could do right now, it, it'll be good for you. It might not come back right today, you know, because I've done that before and been like, hey, you know what? I'm depressed. I'm going to just go help other people. And then I came back later that night and <laughs> I still was depressed, you know, but um, but it's like putting that energy into the atmosphere, you know, into the universe and the bigger picture is, is going to be right for you. That's that's like what you just said is so dead on being a purpose. Is, is one of the main ways, not just during this time, but in life in general, always being of service in, in a small way, to, you know, being of service can mean today I'm going to hit up three people that might need to be heard. You know, right. some people can be of service where they can donate 150 meals to someone. Some, you know, so being of service is, you know, it, it, it can be really small. And being of service, you can go into a, a CVS right now and look at someone who's been working this entire pandemic in fear of what they're bringing home to their family, you know, standing at a cash register, dealing with people all day. They don't have gloves. The lady at Rite Aid had a mask, but they don't have gloves, you know, like, and you could just say something positive or thankful to them. And that is a moment of being of service. And it keeps you out of your own head and your own sort of pity that we put ourselves in, you know? and. Pity isn't meant in a big way. It's important to reflect on when we're feeling down in that way. But it's certainly helpful to, to put our energies to other people. 
for their sake and for ours. It's a selfish move, really, being of service. It's okay. It can be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So since this panel is called The Art of Self-Care, I just had to ask, like, what does the word self-care mean to both of you? And what does that look like for you now in isolation? To me, it means self-love. Like, if you had a, if you had a child that you were taking care of that is you, how would you care for it? What would you do to make it be optimal? But to me, self-care isn't just like trying to stay above the waterline. I'm trying to operate at the highest frequency that I can. You know, and so for me, it's just like a lot of the things we've already said. Meditation, you know, um, I do a morning page every morning. I, I get up and I, after I go to the bathroom, come back, sit down, and I write what is ever popping up in my head. A lot of people have anxiety and depression first thing in the morning. Um, you can wake up like that. And by the end of the page, which takes about two minutes, I, I know where I'm at. Like, I, I kind of know where my head is. And then I can sort of operate and take people in the rest of the day knowing what my baseline started out. Doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but it'll move on. That's self-care. You know, making food that isn't garbage is self-care. Walking outside, self-care. Mm -hmm. Asking someone to sit down and have a meal or a glass of wine on a Zoom and just like have a friendship hang, that's self-care. I love that. For me, um, yeah, self-care, self-care really taps into uh, the discipline component I was speaking about earlier, which I, mm -hmm. which I think um, is of a, a paramount importance for a person like me, really impulsive, you know, and like kind of uh, prone to being at the whim of the, of the different energetic influences. Um, my meditation practice is 100% importance. Uh, I drink a lot of water. Um, I got to remember just to eat, you know. I eat healthily to begin with, but since I'm just so focused on the music thing, I got to remember just to eat. And... I gotta give myself the space to sleep, you know? I, I don't go to, I don't tend to go to sleep at any reasonable time these days just because I've been feeling, I've been in a creative space, um, which means that I gotta wake up later and that however I get to it, I gotta get an apple amount of sleep. Because mm -hmm. without it, I, I just, I, I know how I feel. Um, Intentionality, um, is it? That's not me, is it? Not me. Um, um, just being intentional. Um, being intentional with with my day, with mm -hmm. uh, with the, my schedule, and with my writing. Um, all all factors into self care to me because you know when I decide to take my actions like into my own hands and not just kind of go with the flow, then I find 
that um, <clears throat> I'm more productive. And when I'm more productive, then I'm more likely to take care of myself because I feel better about myself. And self-care really is, you know, so connected to your self-love. So it's like, yeah, I know when I'm, when I'm doing things creative, Hey, Vic, you cut out. Yeah, Vic, you really? cut out. Oh, now you're back. Yeah, your speaker. Oh, shit, maybe I was covering it up, my bad. Um, yeah, just that, you know, when I'm, when I'm purposeful, when I'm purposeful with my time and when I'm purposeful with my writing, and I love what Catherine said about journaling, because that's something that I find to be, to be really, uh, really important and that I, I'm going to start doing again as soon as we get off of here. Um, when I'm intentional, I'll make my schedule for the day and I, and I follow it, you know, then I feel, I feel better about myself because I feel like I've, um, like I've accomplished things that I set out to do. And that leads me to take care of, better care of myself. So for me, the work and the self care are so intertwined because even buckling down and focusing on the work and not giving into the you know the pressures of or the internal pressures of wanting to you know kind of push it till tomorrow because it's the same thing going on tomorrow um mm -hmm. and having that discipline that that is self-care to me and you know focusing on the things that are important to me and taking committed action Very well said. Um, this is kind of a side note, but I'm just curious. Do you have like a Goodreads or something where people can keep track of all of the books that you've recommended and are reading? Man, I don't. I you, know, you probably you got one? you're an artist. So you well, I, I have a I have my coaching site. So on my CatherineFrazierCoaching.com, there's a list of all the stuff that I do, but then there's also um, and also um, article, like there's TED Talks. Like I think everyone in the world should watch Brene mm -hmm. Brown's TED Talk about shame and truth and vulnerability. Those feel like staples, you know? Um, so, so I think those are really important. Um, there's like some really cool articles on negative self-talk that I have up there. Um, I think the power of now and the four agreements are absolute mm -hmm. musts, you know? Thick. I could even put some of yours up on mine. In case anyone is yeah, asking, I got this is... man, that's, I that's like... one of the main things I was reading during this thing. I, somebody told me I should do like a book list. I was going to say you this. should do a book club, definitely. Yeah, what's what, what's cool right now? Um, definitely, I had the um, so that the book about Stoic theory I was talking about is called um, mm -hmm. A Guide to the Good Life. That 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 book is really cool. Um, the uh, the other book is called "It Takes What It Takes." That's the one that talks about neutral thinking. Um, <clears throat> then, you know, Nickel Boys is not a self help book, but that's like a really dope book. And I think the author just won a Pulitzer Prize, Colson Whitehead. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. I gotta find somewhere to put them. Oh, he's good. Is that the newest book? Nickel Boys? The Colson. Yeah. Yeah, I think Nickel Boys is the newest one. It's crazy good. He did um, That's another that other 
reading like not just self-help stuff but just like letting your brain go off in other directions aside from just work or music like fill right. your brain with good but i read underground railroad by him this summer and was right, right. um yeah it looks crazy books they're great everyone should read them it's a good time for real it really is it really like, is People, people, you know, people don't read these days because you spend so much time reading. You spend so much time reading social media that it's like mm-hmm. you got to make a real conscious decision to be like, I'm going to read something that is stimulating and nourishing for my mind as opposed to social media. You got to try to. Well, that's where people right. like you are important. I'm an old lady, so everybody probably could care less what I say or expect me to read. You know, because like. When, when you're young and making music and super in touch with like what's happening in culture and you're also quoting Marcus Aurelius and reading Colson Whitehead books and spreading that because I, I, I have kids, you know, they're, reading is zero on the list. There is so much intake of bullshit and meaningless nothing that people take yeah. into like large amounts and such yeah. a lack of booking like zero, a, a, a huge amount of young people, unless it's for school, they might be say, I read zero books this year. And that's not a judgment, but it's just an encouragement. A good book, you will think about it and reference it and it'll impact you for years. Right. You know, four hours of scrolling I did last night on Instagram, aside from maybe making me feel kind of crappy, or I might've found like a guy who makes cool wood tables. I'm like, not going to impact my life that much. I guess to kind of just like wrap this up a bit, um, I was wondering like, what would you say to artists and creatives out there? You know, we've been talking a lot about struggling, right? And um, resources, but like, what would you say to them to keep them motivated in the midst of this crisis? Um, You know, a lot of people, they don't have access to resources. They're not feeling super inspired. Um, they probably have a lot of other factors that are contributing to their daily stress. So yeah, like what would you say to keep them motivated, to keep them inspired, to tell them to keep going and to not give into the spiral? Yeah, man, you know, I would first of all start with just because you have at points in time, given into the spiral, or just because you've spent the last month not feeling creative and not feeling productive, does not mean that you have to be that way for the rest of this situation. And that, you know, the, uh, the, the first and most important step in my mind towards overcoming any type of block in writing or creating is to write or create. And if you force yourself to do it, you know, even if you don't, if you, if it doesn't feel natural to you, it's not coming to you freely, but you, but you make yourself do it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, it's going to be so much more, uh, so much more impactful and important for you in the long run than, like 
skipping out on it and and giving yourself that break you know i know for me that that makes me it makes me feel bad but when i push through it and i make myself do it and i allow myself to you know continue to think and to learn and to read new things and to have conversations with people who i think are interesting and that i can learn from and you know using that in my writing that then i i find ways to to keep it interesting and um you know it's not it's well, definitely not too late okay. you know? don't you think it's okay too i always tell people allow it to be bad you know like exactly that's what i meant to say that's what i meant to say yeah so and i've been encouraging i coach a couple of um like a, a group in particular where i've been in, putting them in exercise by next week i want you to send me a song that you have made just for us and that you're doing something you've never done. So the producer's singing, like it's it's an exercise in stretching yourself and being uncomfortable. It's not meant to come out, but what has been happening is people are finding cool things that they like about it. So it is turning into real songs, but let yourself, let yourself fail and just the act of doing it will help you. But these are weird times. You gotta be gentle with yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you haven't made your great. Mm -hmm. I, I am in I touch with yeah. There's a lot of people being creative right now, and there's a lot of people who we all expect to be super creative who are not. And it's okay if you're not. One hundred percent. I don't everyone have to go do their great masterpiece right now. Don't beat yourself up if you're not. And if you go in there thinking that you're probably not gonna do it. So give yourself a break yeah. and go like you know, make the song that you've never made because it feels weird and then to see what happens. Right, go like, go pick up a new instrument or something, you know? Yeah. That's that's another yeah. thing that I told my homie yeah. who uh, who I sent that book to, who, you know, been going through it mentally a bit, even though just a couple months ago, he found this creative fucking wave that completely floored me because he's an engineer by trade you know which is a grueling profession and <clears throat> then he popped up with this crazy album that actually Catherine, i've been meaning to show you some of it just popped up with this crazy album where he's producing everything writing beautiful like dope lyrics singing got some like amazing artists that he's worked with on the producer side on it and i'm i'm like sitting there and i'm like what the actual how did this come to be but in this quarantine thing he'd been struggling and i'm like dude don't forget that you just found this breakthrough you know a couple months ago and even if it's not coming to you right now like go go sit down and practice the guitar or learn learn a different instrument just like you, you can you can shift focus you know what i mean and and, and find something that you might not have known you were looking for. Yeah, so well said, both of you. Uh, thank you both so much for your time. And thank you to everyone who has tuned into this session today. That's pretty much a wrap at the Cloud Bar for the evening of May 7th. So uh, yeah, everyone else, you know, tune in tomorrow. There's going to be more programming and a lot of other exciting discussions to come next week. So thank you guys. Bye.